0: Well, this is uh, actually the second week of a series that we're doing following Steve Backman being here. And we have more books in the back now. We ran out called Igniting Faith in 40 Days. And a lot of you are in Grow tribes and uh, you're going through this. I met one of the, we we're talking about one of the gals here this morning, um, one of our younger gals. And I said, how was your week? And she said, amazing. I said, what made it so amazing? And she said, Jesus, and that book man, I realize now I was believing so many lies. How many know you can have good doctrine but have bad beliefs? And she said, I was believing so, so many lies. And uh, and and I'm in that book and it's just like unraveling truth to me. And uh, I'm just, or unraveling lies, releasing truth. And I'm just so excited about what I was doing. And so I encourage you, if you're not in a grow tribe, I encourage you to grab one of those books and find some people around you. And just connect and Spend time with the Lord in His Word. Are you guys in a good mood today? Put your hand in your neighbor and say, joy. Freedom. New day. Yeah, bless them right now. Just bless them. Say, you're amazing. You know, you have such authority in your words. I, I think about this oftentimes, you know. I, I'll tell somebody, you know you really have a gift. And they'll go, what is it? I said, you have the Father's love in your life. You are a child of God. You are created for glory. You are amazing. You know, what effect that has depends on what faith they connect to it. You can hear the word of God and not connect faith to it, and it has no value but when you hear the Word of God and you connect faith, all things shift. All things are possible. And we've been talking about faith. We're going to stay at this series called Outrageous Faith. And last week we started that series as it attaches to our finances. Today we're going a little bit different direction. And I, I want to start just by reminding us of some scriptures. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Say hope for. And the conviction of things not seen. The just shall live by faith. So the f- people of faith don't live by what they see. They live by what God says. So we, we don't uh, let the natural realm dictate our heart, our emotions, or our thinking. We let what he says dictate what we think, how we feel, and how we live. The just shall live by faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That means faith is always leaning forward. You've got the promises in God's word. How many of you know, if you're like Dennis, you haven't experienced everything this word says I should experience? There are some promises and things in this here that's there and my experience is right here. The gap is faith. What pulls the experiences of this word into my life is my, my faith in what God has said. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Once you grab it or attain it, it no longer is faith, it's facts. And God never asks us to be great people of facts. He asks us to be great people of faith. And so we as a people, we're always leaning into the promises of God. There's always more of his kingdom and the realm of his glory that we're seeking. Moses had face-to-face encounters with God. His face was shining with the Shekinah glory of God to such an extent that people were afraid of him. And what did he say? More. I want to see more of your glory. And so faith is this place where we're leaning into the promises of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Last, Last week, I talked about there being the tracks of our lives is the Word of God. He will never contradict this Word. we got to know this Word or we can't filter the thoughts that are coming into our mind to say, well, that's the devil. How many of you know fear is faith in the wrong kingdom? Say it out loud. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. If we don't understand or know the Word of God, then we don't, aren't able to discern the thoughts that are coming to mind. Oh, that's a God thought right there because that lines up with the The word of God. So the tracks are set with the word, but the engine is what he is speaking. So you have to learn, how does God speak to you? Have ears to hear. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you're his son. You're his daughter. He's speaking to you. The key is learning how. The engine revs up by saying, God just spoke. And so hearing, believing, biblical hope. I'm reminding you of these things. How many of you know we're going from glory to glory, right? How many of you know I need to be reminded of these things? The greatest teaching tool is repetitiveness. Biblical hope is not wishful thinking, but it's, it's a joyful, confident anticipation that good is coming. You guys, come on now. You guys got to help me out here. Say, say, say good is coming, Okay, so hope is the soil that faith grows in. You as an individual, me as an individual, I am responsible for cultivating the muscle of hope in my life. And hope is based on the promises of God. They're not based on the circumstances of life. Based on the character and the promises of God. Here's one just to help us with this morning for more hope. Romans eight thirty one says, Since God is for us, Let's say it again, since God is for us, then it goes on to say, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will we not also with him freely give us all things? Well, that can make me happy right now. The promises of God. He's for us. That means the devil and all of his, they're against us, but compared to God, say, God big, devil little. I don't think you said that with faith. God big, God big, devil little. So compared to having God for us, even the powers of darkness don't compare to even be mentioned here. We um, are learning about the power of declarations. I don't know if you know this, but the Hebrew year, every year the Hebrew is measured until Jesus returns. There's years. This is the year of the authority of speech. Isn't that Interesting. It's the year of the mouth in the Hebrew year this year. And so the authority of the speech, what you speak, will create what you experience. I don't know if you know that's true, but it's true. Your words create the worlds you experience. What you speak determines a lot of what you encounter during the day. So let's just make some decorations. Are you good? All right. I know there's men and women, so if you're a man, say man. If you're a woman, say be woman. I don't want confusion. So say this. I'm a mighty man of God. If you're a woman, say woman. I'm a mighty man of God. All right, say this. Wherever I go, good things happen. Fear and doubt are my enemies. I will sign up for neither. I'm replacing lies with the promises of God. I trust in His goodness. All right, I want us to pray. I'm going to remind you of 11, 6 Hebrews. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God is a rewarder of those who seek him. Father, thank you that we come to your word, and we're asking that you would reprogram our minds to think like you think. I ask the Lord that we would be available, Father, that any kind of distraction we would put aside, that there would be this like holiness in the sense that we're meeting with God Almighty through his word. And allow your word to transform, renew our minds. And Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters. I pray the Roman passage. Where I pray over them right now. May the God of hope fill them with all joy and peace and believing. That they may abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's scriptures, I don't know if you find them, but there's certain scriptures that I I read and I don't particularly like that much because they cause mystery or I haven't experienced or they taunt me. And I've learned through the years that usually those are scriptures I need to spend time in. I need to consider those ones that provoke me to questions or wondering or even sometimes disappointment, are the ones that actually God is saying, lean into this. And the scripture that I'm going to talk about today that does that to me is Luke 18.8. I'm going to give you the context. The context is Jesus is teaching about prevailing persistent prayer. And he's talking about this unrighteous judge who has this widow coming before him. And she's just battering him saying, I need need legal freedom. I need legal... uh, Breakthrough. I need legal covering. And the unrighteous judge says the end, she's wearing me out. I'm going to give it to her. And then it says, how much more will God, the Father, deliver the elect who pray day and night? You guys familiar with that passage? How much more will God deliver those who pray to him day and night? And then this is the scripture I want to talk about, Luke 18, 8. However... When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is what I want to talk to you about today outrageous faith. Faith looks like prevailing prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't quit. I think the Lord is using this phrase the same way I would talk to Bryson, who runs cross-country. And uh, this is the first year he's a freshman. He does really well. He's on the varsity team, Bryson Whitworth. And um, his best time was 1758 this year on the the cross-country trace. I think 3.2 kilometers, something like that. And 3.2 miles. It's 5K. And so it would be like me come to Bryson at the beginning of next year and said, I bet you can't make it under 17 this year. What would that do to him? Oh, I'm going to prove him. I'm going to prove my papa. He's, he's, he know, I I bet you can't. This is, this is what the scripture is saying to us. Will I find faith when I return to the earth? And we go, oh yes, you will. Turn to your neighbor, oh yes, you will. We'll, so what does that look like? What does it look like? It looks like persistent, prevailing prayer. Let's turn to Luke. This is where we're going to be today. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Jesus is teaching about prayer. I just cancel every guilt thought that's coming to you right now about needing to pray more. I guess break that off right now. We're not talking from a place of guilt. We all could say, oh, I need to pray more. That's not the purpose of this message. I'm not going to partner with guilt. Say that. I'm going to be encouraged with truth. Okay, so chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus is talking. He said, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a center, center, certain place, after it finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as also John also taught his disciples. I'm going to read the whole 13 verses right here. Come back. I won't be able to cover it all verse by verse like I'd like to, but we're going to hit what God's got in my heart. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, would be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day your daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also, ourselves, also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I can relate to that guy. I cannot get up and give you something. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he has asked for an egg, he will not give him a serpent, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? Will your Heavenly Father, listen to this, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, we know there's a parallel passage to what we call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, where it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we keep that in mind as we do this, go through this abbreviated one. The first thing I want us to just like see, this is pretty crazy Because Jesus comes he says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus comes to unveil what God is like. And he's a father, a perfect father. And he immediately says, if you want to pray, step into relationship as a son. Step into relationship as a daughter. Come into relationship with a father. And he immediately introduces them to his father. He says, come and be my brothers and sisters. Pretty amazing. And then he says something really important that I think was some revelation in worship this morning. Hallowed be your name. Everybody say holy. Holy is your name. This is not just a father. This is the father. And I honestly believe, I, I feel this in my spirit sometimes, that in our desire not to be religious, we become flippant before God. The father. And I want us to recognize he's holy. This is an important place to start. When we're praying, when we pursue God, he's not the big guy in the sky. He's not your buddy, 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 buddy. You start in this place of humility. He says, humble yourself and I will exalt you, but you exalt yourself and I'm opposed to the proud. So even though we're supposed to come boldly and confidently, we're not to come in our pride. We come with humility that we're desperate for him. And he says, he says, hallowed be thy name, holy be thy name. Church, I just want to just agree with you. I know I'm saying something you're aware of, but sometimes just saying out loud helps us. We don't live in a culture that knows how to honor. Our culture has lost the concept of honor. Young people don't know how to honor their parents. Parents and young people don't know how to honor teachers. We don't know how to honor policemen. We don't know how to honor the President of the United States. We don't live in a culture of honor. And there's something that we can exemplify to a culture just by simply honoring the name of Jesus Christ. Just by simply saying when somebody uses that name as a cuss word, say that hurts my feelings. Because the spirit is grieved every time you say Jesus Christ as a cuss word. Church, don't become flippant before God. Don't say rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. This is where he starts. Jesus starts with saying, Father, how would be your name. Holy is your name. God, you're so big. You put the stars in this place in the sky. You call them out by name. I can't even fathom how big and unfathomable, strong and powerful your ways are, they're holy, they're separated from me. And Lord God, I come by the way of the cross. And I don't come like proud, like you owe me anything. I come humbly and say, God, I, as a son, I come to you, your father and your bed. And I'm asking that, Lord, first and foremost, I partner with your will. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom what is a kingdom? Let's talk about that real briefly. Kingdom. A kingdom is the domain of the king. So in the natural, wherever there is a, a nation that is overseen or, or governed by a king, it means the geographical location of his dominion, where his laws are supreme. And he, his laws overrule all other laws. So when we say to God, your kingdom come on earth as in heaven, we're saying, Lord, we're inviting the laws of heaven to invade the laws of earth. And the laws of heaven, are you with me, are superior to the laws of earth. And this is what he's released to his church, is when we pray your kingdom come, we're asking and inviting the creator God and his glory and his son Jesus' rule to come and govern earth. Your kingdom come, come and govern. He says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. This is what Jesus, when he commissioned his disciples, one of the things he says, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever is bound in heaven is, Ill, is to be bound. Is Ill, whatever is illegal in heaven is illegal on earth. Whatever is legal, loose. Whatever is you loose on earth has been loose in heaven. Whatever heaven's like, loose that. Somebody say peace. We loose the Prince of Peace power on the earth just by praying and declaring. Prince of Peace rule in this circumstance. Rule in my life right now. He's given us the kingdom. Your will be done. Lord, this is, you've given us this opportunity. Jesus, the first one, of the first things he said, change the way you think. Repent because I'm coming, I'm here. There's things at hand that's superior to what you're experiencing. And I want you to usher. I want you to broker that world into your world. That's good news. That can make me happy right there. I, I remember, uh, I'm remembering another scripture where he said, Jesus says, if I cast out a demon by the spirit, this is an important phrase, say by the spirit. If I cast out a demon by the spirit, the kingdom of God has come upon you. 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty says, the kingdom of God is not of words, but of what? Wow, somebody's got it. The kingdom of God is not of words, but of power. My first experience was this. I was uh, praying in, in this meeting, and uh, i got to tell you right now, I lived my first 14 years of my Christian life without any comprehension of these truths that I'm sharing with you right now, or very little. And I was pursuing. I was knocking. I was seeking. I was asking. I was in that posture of going forward and saying, God, I want to see the reality of this word here in my experience. And, uh, and we were in this place, we are p- praying for people. My very first time, I prayed for somebody thinking maybe God would actually demonstrate his power. And it happened to be a woman who was demon-influenced. And her husband waved. Derek and I, a believer from San Francisco, partnered up. We were on this mission trip together. This woman waved. Many of you heard me tell this story. And she's uh, sweating profusely. Her hair is matted against her face, and she's writhing back and forth in pain. And and Derek and I come, and her husband's going. And so we just like, I mean, you know, listen, we did not know what we were doing. All we did was we just said, God, we just come into agreement. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I declare your power of your blood. I bind every spirit of affliction. Lord, we bind every spirit of infirmity. Lord, release your power. We we command freedom over this woman in Jesus' name. And we did this for probably, uh, you know how time flies. You think it's 15 minutes. It probably was two or three minutes. I don't know. And we took turns back and forth. We didn't yell, but we did pray more of of like desperation. Like, "Oh, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. God, help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. And she's, and when we first started praying, man, she started going more, and she got louder. And she's groaning really loud, you know, and we're going, oh, we're not doing good. We're not doing good. And then all of a sudden, she started gagging. Some of you have had these experiences. All of a sudden, not the gagging part. Well, maybe you have that part, too. All of a sudden, she's gagging. She doesn't throw up. She just gag. And I really didn't know what was going on. But this, the girl was being delivered. All of a sudden, she lies back in her seat, and it's like peace. And I look to Derek, and I'm going. And Derek's looking at me. He's going. And the husband looks at both of us and goes. <laughs> but, but listen, you guys, I got to share this, this thing. The reason I share this story, and I probably share this church, if you've been here probably 20 times, it's a foundational experience that I have in God that will never go away and dictates how I walk my life now and what I believe in. You're not meant to believe, or you're not meant to live your life just from I hope so. You actually have experiences with God that take you into the next realm of I hope. And the next day I'm in worship, and I'm, we're worshiping the Lord, and I'm thinking, what happened to that lady? What happened? We didn't have a translator for that particular prayer." time, they spoke in Portuguese of course we spoke in English and I'm in this place of worship and I, and I don't know if it was Spirit of God or just Dennis but I remember turning back and looking up in that vicinity of where she was in the seats in the auditorium and she is waiting for me to turn because as soon as I turn and I see her, she looks like a different woman her, her smile is from white wide as can be and she's got her hands she said, I'm free I'm free I'm free. You were created to set the captives free. You were created to bind up the brokenhearted. The Spirit of God comes upon you to preach good news to the poor. It's so critical for us to lean into the truth of what God has commissioned us for. The kingdom of God is not in the natural. It's not eating and drinking. Verse 17 says, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually ushers in. He's the broker of His government. He's the broker of His government. And what does it look like? One of the things it looks like is power. Another thing it looks like is righteousness, peace, and joy. Say joy. And so right now we've got some people setting captives free. Here's a picture of Marla and Leah. If you've not able to keep up with them, we're going to get our world rocked. When they come back, I'm going to tell you right now. So uh, this is something I got from Marla. They're praying for people there. Marla says, while this trip has been life-changing for our team, each of us have, ex- have been stretched out of our comfort zones and have experienced God's power flowing through us in new ways. In the outdoor crusade this weekend, we have seen many salvations and healings. One main ca- man came for prayer for healing, during which Leah saw a rope in the spirit around his neck. And let the prayer minister know, sure enough, he had tried to commit suicide five months ago. He was immediately healed of kidney problems, and he got born again. Come on. So we're on the earth, and God cares about what we care about. And I'm not going to spend much time here. I could, but I've got a destination. But he cares about when we need food. And I, we have plenty of people who have testimonies that have nothing. And God came and delivered food at the right time in their home. He cares about when we're dealing with our sins. And we come before him and we say, God, forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also will forgive those who have sinned against us. And he said, and it says, lead us not in temptation. Could spend a lot of time there. The important thing is day, God cares about his kingdom come. But it looks like daily provision, daily reality. Say freedom. Daily freedom from sin. So persistent prevailing prayer. Let's look at verses five through eight. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. From inside he answered and said, Do not bother me, the Lord has already been shut, door has already been shut, my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, verse 8, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, say persistence, he will get, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. In the, in the Greek language, persistence is huspa. Say huspa. Well, you never knew that when you said, they have hutzpah. That's the word. It's persistent. It actually also means boldness, audacity, brazen nerve. Say guts. It's just like this. I know that I know, that I know that I know this is your will. And I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping. And so verse 9 and 10 says, what does that look like? I say to you, ask. That's the Greek tense there is present um, present tense, which means, I say that you ask and keep asking. I say that you seek and keep seeking. I say that you knock and keep knocking. And it will be given to you, you will find, and the door shall be open. It's, it's present imperative. It means, no, don't just ask one thing. Keep asking. Start pursuing. Seek. Knock. Knock. Why? is that? Well, this could be a whole nother message, but just two simple things. One is prayer is spiritual warfare. We know from Daniel that when he saw the word of the Lord, that it's been 70 years, it's time for Israel to come out of captivity, he started praying. It was 21 days later, an angel shows up before him and said, I had to do battle with the prince of Persia. I had to do demonic victory. I had to battle the the principalities over Persia to get victory. Thank you for praying for 21 days straight. It's a spiritual warfare. Say, don't quit. So often we pray once and God doesn't answer. well, it must not be His will. No, what does His will say? On earth as it is in heaven. The second reason is because how many of you, when you get your children come to you and ask for something, you give it to them the first time they ask, always. How many know that sometimes when your son is seven years old, asks for the car, it's probably not a good idea to give it to him yet. It's it's actually in this position, this friendship with God, and asking and knocking and seeking, that actually our character gets formed. He says, You want a wife? Oh God, I want a wife just like Brenda. I just want Brenda, I want her to be my wife. Then deal with your lust issue. Deal with your lust issue. I want you I want you to be more pure than you are right now. Oh God, I want a wife. I want a wife. I want a wife. How are your finances? He starts working on our character in that place of seeking, knocking, asking. Those are the two main reasons. There's more. We can spend more time there. But I, I want you to know that the key is faith does not stop. It does not quit. It's persistent. It knows. It knows. Matthew 11, you guys are familiar with the other version. Passion says, From the moment John stepped onto the seam until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of his power. Say passionate people. I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to move on. I wanted to share another story, but I'm going to move on. Outrageous faith does not quick, so he moves forward, and we're going to shift from a grumpy neighbor to a gracious father, Luke 11 through 13. Now, suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he's asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The point of this is our God is a whole lot gooder Father than our earthly mothers and fathers. It's the whole idea. Our dad in heaven is the best dad in the whole wide world, and every Every aspect of me viewing Him through my parents needs to be set aside so I see Him for who He is, a perfect, loving Father who's powerful and is for me and who's not against me. Romans 8.15 says this, For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The idea is Papa, Daddy, Mama. It's a, a term of endearment, like I know Him to be my dad. And he got a picture of Micah and Miles here. That's our new grandson right there. You guys better know he's amazing. And you know, I I can remember those times. Micah's like getting him to smile for the very first time. and, And Micah's just longing for when he goes, dad, dad. And there's always a competition between mom and dad. Who's going to say say, mama first or dada first? Right? Right? And then that day comes where as clear as can be, dada. This is Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is in you that you come with that kind of endearing awareness that he is good and he's just crazy about you. Just crazy about you. This is what Jesus is saying. He's just crazy about you. And you're going, Daddy. And it's not corporate. It's personal. This is the biggest thing. I think this is the biggest thing for each of every person. It's not about your husband. It's not about your wife. It's about you. It's not about your family. It's not about the planet. It's about you. It's personal affection for you. I, on this particular trip, I told this story too, but it's, it's foundational to what I pursue in life. And one of our translators named Kate, she walked in a stoic, inexpressiveness, and, and God was moving mightily. And I know she was partly afraid because she was uncomfortable with what was going on. The power of the Holy Spirit was being poured out. Um, but if, during the session, I finally, one of the sessions said, Kate, tell me about your relationship with your dad. And and she said, my dad left me when I was three. I've never seen him again. And she said, my stepdad does not like me. They have, my mom and him have three other children, two other daughters, and and my stepdad could care less about me. And I'm going, oh. I really want to introduce her. I mean, my spirit, going, oh, I so want to introduce her to the Father, the perfect love of the Father. And so I, I said, Kate, I really believe the Lord wants to touch you with love. There's some people in this room, you have a theology of his love. Sometimes some of you are disappointed because you've sought God for, for his affection. You've never felt it. I'm going to tell you, don't stop seeking. Don't stop knocking. Because he wants you to have a personal experience with his agape love. It changes your life. You can be a believing believer And you can shift from a believing believer to a love-filled believer. Everything's different. And so I said, Kate, can I pray for you? And we were in a place of worship and put my hand on her back. She said yes. And so I just began saying, God, and the presence of God, I could feel him from heaven. It was just like I could honestly, maybe some of you experienced this, I hope you have. If you haven't, I'm proclaiming you will. I could feel the affection of God come through my hand, through my body, through this hand, into her back. And in a few minutes, she's on the floor. She's melted. She's in tears. When it was over, I said, Kate, what are you experiencing? She said, I've never felt such love. The reason reason I had that journey is because I... Didn't quit asking. I didn't quit seeking. And I didn't quit knocking for more. There is more. The Word of God is filled with invitations for you to experience more. More of His power, more of His love, more of His kingdom, more of His victories, not just for you individually, but for you to give away to whomever you come in contact with. My journey started in my Christianity. I was taught. The people who taught me thought they were teaching me the truth. And I love them for everything they, good they gave to me. This is an important part of staying healthy with God. is You don't hold any grudges or, or complaints about somebody who has discipled you or fathered you or mothered you in the spirit or the natural. You thank them for what you, they gave you. And you don't stumble over for what they didn't give you. This is an important part of being mature in Christ. And and I got discipled that the gift of tongues was not from God. It was for a time in the past. The gift of prophecy was not for now. It was for a time in the past. I was discipled that supernatural healing is not for now. It's for the time in the past. I was given cassette decks that tried to indoctrinate me in my mind, in my thinking, to a doctrine that not is consistent with the Scripture. And I had to come out of that. And the, one of the ways I came out of it is I let the Word of God train me. And then I saw the gift of tongues and saw that I didn't have it, the gift of prayer language. I saw that I wasn't ministering the power of the Holy Spirit for people to get healed. And I said, Lord, there is more. Say, There is more. There is more. And that journey, I tell you honestly, Brenda and I both, we pursued the prayer language of heaven in our lives for several months and even for me longer, years, uh, before I actually was introduced. Let me just say this real quickly because I haven't done teaching on tongues. Tongues is not the ultimate. It's just one of the gifts. Say it out loud. It's just one of the gifts. The ultimate is intimacy with God. That's the ultimate. The ultimate is God, is flow of life. You're full of God, that you may come to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up with the fullness of God according to the power that works within you. That's the ultimate. Not tongues. But in my journey for more, I knew I wanted to go through the pathway and receive the gift of tongues as well. And, and I, I've told that story. I'm not going to tell that story. What I'm wanting to do is provoke you to hunger. No matter what you've experienced in God, there's more. No matter how much you think God loves you, there's more. And not only does God want to do that for you personally, he wants you to give that away to, to others. Can you stand with me? I, I, I just want to pray, Father, I want to thank you for your brothers and sisters. I want to thank you for the journey of Northgate. I know the call on Northgate's life, and it's to bring the glory of God to the Matanuska Valley and beyond. The glory of God, the manifest presence of God Almighty to the earth, to show people that you're real. Not to just explain it with words, but demonstrate in power and supernatural agape love. And God, we're hungry for more. We want a fresh revelation, a fresh touch of your power and of your love. Is there anybody here that's in agreement with that? If, if that is you, I want you to come to the altar right here. Just come right on up here. You know that you know that you want more, that you desire fresh power, you want to have that affection that doesn't just like make, give you goosebumps, but you get able to give away the love of the Father. Let's just come before the throne and say, Lord, this is a day where I'm saying to you, I am asking. This isn't a one-time moment, you guys. This is a journey that I'm inviting you on. This is a, I'm asking, I'm seeking, and I'm knocking. I think Tom had a word about, it is that desperation that leads to supernatural activation. I'm I'm seeking, worship team come up here. I'm seeking, I'm asking, I'm knocking. Can you say that loud? I'm seeking, I'm asking, I'm knocking. Say it again. I'm seeking, I'm asking, I'm knocking. Yeah, God, I, I come before you, Father. What we want is, Lord, is, and this is the thing that I've had to um, dismantle some people's lives lies over their life. This whole story says when you're asking for more, don't be afraid that you're not, God's going to give you, or God's going to give you something that's not good. Don't be afraid that God's going to give you something that's not good. That's the whole purpose of the story. When you're asking for more of the Holy Spirit, He says, I'm going to give you a good gift. Come on. All right, let's just go ahead and, Tanner, I think, I think that He Loves Us is the best, best place for us to go. We're just going to spend, spend a few minutes, and then uh, we're going to lay hands on one another. Go ahead. Let's just spend some time in it before. you go ahead and put your hands out. I want to, I want to cancel the authority of deferred hope. Disappointment. Some of us have gone after things and, and uh, God didn't come through in our mind the way we thought he would. And deferred hope has set in. and Arguments have come against us like, oh, well, you're not one of those that can pray for somebody and see them healed. And or you're not one of those like Marla. You don't have that gift on your life, and, and those are—I must say—those are all lies. Those are all lies. They're all lies. And deferred hope opens the door for a heart that is sick. Heidi Baker prophesied over her that she would see the blind eyes see. And I, I know there was a, re, a study that was just done, and the report came out. The scientist said everything you've heard about her healing ministry is true. But she prayed for months for every person she could find who was blind, and they didn't get healed. Say, so don't give up. There's something about breakthrough through persistence, there's something about seeking, knocking, and not giving up. The anointing of the Lord is on you and you don't even realize it. A lot of it is what's between our brains. A lot of it lies we believe. And when you just get captured like Jesus, show forth your glory. You're the king of kings. Show your love. I'm praying for our superintendent. Lord, you're going to wrap rapture her with you. You're going to wrap your arms around her. You're going to hug her right into the kingdom of heaven. And I'm, I'm just saying, Lord, this is your will that none perish. God, you're going to bring your glory. You're going to bring your glory to this earth. This is your will. I, I know this is your will. You know that you know, and you stay in that place. And you say, God, show the forth your glory. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Holy Spirit, come, Lord. And I just want you to Put your hands on somebody next to you right now and just say, I release the anointing. I release the anointing. My brother and sister, I release the anointing. Power from on high. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Why was it a 10-day prayer meeting? I can tell you some of the reasons I'm not going to. But part of it was he wanted to see if the people really wanted it. If they really believed in it and they really wanted, Ten days, day and night, the disciples prayed before the power of the Holy Spirit came. And the Lord is inviting this church into a new fresh hunger for more. A new fresh desire to be willing to say, God, we know there's more. I want more of you in my life. More of your anointing, more of your love, more of your power. I want the river flowing through my life. That's what the word says increase Lord increase Lord all across this room all across this room two weeks ago we had an encounter service somebody had invited a new believing couple a young man and woman they came to the service they'd never been prayed for in their whole life and our church had them people who needed prayer they stood up in prayer he had back issues he was totally healed She had um, knee issues. She was totally healed. And they said, this is what they said, I've never heard about this happening in the church. they They left not only touched by the healing power of God, but new awareness that the kingdom of God is at hand. Lord, every heart here, Father, impregnate them with hunger for more. Lord, we're thankful for the experiences we've had with you, Lord, but we're not content to stay in last year's experience. God, there's more for us because this planet needs to be set free. Captives need to be set free, God. The brokenhearted need to be bind up, God. The prisoners need to hear with boldness the good news. Say boldness. Touch us with boldness, God, by your Holy Spirit. Touch us with boldness in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Okay, here's the bottom line for Northgate. I just want to declare it's all about love. Listen, it's not about performance. I love it that Emma struggled starting this song, not because it made her uncomfortable, because God is breaking down the performance mindset. He's breaking it down childlike faith, trying again, believing again, smile on our faces, because our Father is crazy about us. Amen? Amen. Lord, we just humbly come before your throne. Lord, I pray the gift of intercession would increase in our house, Lord, that we would come into agreement, with praying like you said to pray here in Luke chapter 11. We would be a people who are asking and keep asking seeking and keep seeking and knocking and keep knocking until we see the king of kings and his glory on the earth I want to say one I wanted one lie or not lie I shouldn't say this there are some people who think we will usher in the kingdom to Jerusalem I, I believe that there's a combination of us praying and him sovereignly moving at the right time I don't believe man can make God come to earth we can invite him we can invite him be king in the valley lord be king in my life be king in the planet in Jesus name amen amen you have a word I just had this like thought hit my spirit Um, I love that definition. I've never heard that definition of persistence. And I felt the Lord invite all of us. I love the word. It said audacious. And I feel like there's prayers and cries in your spirit, man, that like you're nervous to ask, right? Like it's a bit audacious. And the Lord's like inviting you, like, ask them. Like, I want to come through in like beyond your wildest imaginations. Like, be audacious in your prayers. Don't be timid. Amen? So be bold yeah. in your prayers this yeah. week. How many want prodigals to come home? Lift your hand. Lord, so Lord, we, we're not quitting here. Lord, we're partnering for all the prodigals representing the room to come home to Jesus Christ. And that's your will. See, this is the thing. This is the will of God. If anybody asks according to his will, he will hear and answer their cry. Anybody have somebody, loved one, want to come to know Jesus? Anybody have somebody with cancer that needs healed? This is like, come on, Jesus. <laughs> we agree, your kingdom come, your will be done in these circumstances. We're not quitting. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, way to be mighty warriors, passionate believers. Be blessed. If you need prayer with hands laying on you, our ministry team will be here. Otherwise, go in faith.